You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody, Chris Blair here, and this is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs podcast. But before we get into this week's episode, I've got to tell you, I'm so excited. We have a new sponsor for our podcast, All Clear Audio. And you, as our loyal fans and listeners, can get 10% off. I'm so pumped about this. Auclair Audio is a custom and universal in-ear monitor company based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a storefront right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, they strive to not only be the leading provider of high-quality, custom, and universal fit in-ear monitors, but also lead the way in customer service and care. I went and got my set, and it was so good they were like the customer service was incredible um they've got dual drivers all the way up to 13 drivers so there's something for everyone and you can head to allclair.com that's a-l-c-l-a-i-r.com and use our code sbt songs to receive 10 percent off go check them out so excited to have them on board love these guys and their systems are incredible all right now this week's episode, I am sitting down with the one and only Taylor Austin Dye. Taylor is from East Kentucky. She moved to Nashville in 2018. She started off as a homebody and a solo writer, but Taylor has grown immensely across the board with her socials, streams, and fan base that she calls The Writer Dies. Taylor just released her debut album, Out of These Hills, this past September, and has been keeping herself busy touring and writing with some new releases set to come out before the end of this year. Uh, you can find Taylor on Instagram at Taylor Austin Die, and make sure you go check out her new radio singles, uh, Rest in Peace and Bible Belt, from her newest album, Anywhere That You Listen to Music. It's so good. And also, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. We love getting to sit down with artists, songwriters, and everyone in between hear their stories and it's what keeps us going so we appreciate your support thanks for listening here is taylor austin die hey everybody this is chris blair and this is another episode of stories behind the songs i'm here today in nashville tennessee with taylor austin die how you doing? Hey, Chris. How are you? Good. Good to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Man, this is, you've had so much going on. I can't wait to just dive in. Uh, it's been we've, crazy. We've known each other for a long time. We met down in St. Augustine, I think is where we met for the first time. Mm, that sounds about Possibly. right. Possibly. We, we may have met a couple times here and there back here in Nashville, but um, we got real close down in, yeah. in St. Augustine. <laughs> well, it's hard not to. Yes. Um so you, yeah, you've just, you've like over, especially the last couple of years have just really blown up. And, uh, I want to dive into just everything that you've done, um, stories behind the songs, obviously. And then I know that throughout the rest of this year and into next year, you've got, uh, a full tour already scheduled. So yeah. we'll get to that too. Um, but before we do, let's just go back to, you're from Kentucky. Walk me through, uh, you know, just how you got into music and, um, you did some pretty awesome stuff, uh, growing up and yeah. getting into music at a young age. So walk me through all that. Well, it's kind of crazy how it happened because nobody in my family does music. Neither of my parents did. Nope. Nobody in my extended family even really played or sang. So, um, when I was five years old, obviously I went to kindergarten and I hated school. I mean, I hated it. I, I would cry every day, all day. And, 
So eventually I saw this man come around to the classrooms with a guitar and he would play for us and he would sing Puff the Magic Dragon. And, you know, I was just like enamored by this dude. It was so cool. And I went home the first day he came around to our class and I told mom, I was like, I want to take lessons from Mr. Wilson. And she said, okay. So she signed me up and she actually started with me, and I started on the fiddle, and I had a little tiny fiddle, and you know she had an adult size fiddle. So you're kindergarten, so this is like four or five five years old, yeah. something like that. Okay, I just turned five. Okay, and uh, so she decided, yeah, I'll, I'll do lessons with you, you know, to kind of help you along. And after the first lesson, I mean, after Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, she was completely lost. So she decided <laughs> she was going to back out. And uh, ever since then, man, I just I I kept taking lessons. But he was such a wonderful guy. He didn't read sheet music. He taught me everything by ear. Yeah. And um, so from then I picked up the mandolin, the piano, the guitar, a little bit of bass. Just like he was so well versed in all that, a little banjo. Um, and he just kind of taught me everything by ear. So I was with him for, you know, most of my elementary and middle and a little bit into high school as well. But he was just such a big part of music for me yeah so that just kind of changed so all of a sudden you liked school again yeah and yeah. I I was on this rent fro valley which I we can talk about here in a little bit was the first place that I played I was five and I played the fiddle and I sang I think Rocky Top and he played with me um and I did that every Saturday night it was called the young country uh barn dance and every Saturday night I actually got paid start when I was five years old uh, so I always tell people that I've been at this a long time professionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when like that was that was at five and then um, you started playing like you opened up for some some great artists, like iconic artists that, you know, I grew up on. Mm -hmm. um, so what was that gap up to that point where uh, like walk me into like I don't want to I don't want to I want you to tell the story I don't want to drop too much here <laughs> okay. but I know like where I want to go with this and like so um yeah walk me through like where how you got to that point to where you were uh back in Kentucky opening up for some big names yeah so basically like I said I played that rent valley for years actually every weekend and then I started a, a little band when I was in middle school and we played you know any bar any festival like obviously I wasn't even 21 but I would, wherever they would let me on stage we like would play any place uh, so we got a lot under our belt you know full band I think I when I was 12 starting out with that and then when I turned 15 I auditioned for American Idol and I made it to like the top 300 which was big for me I was yeah so crazy excited about that and uh, that was also a big part and kind of like seeing the behind the scenes in the industry and everything and I seen it and it was definitely not what I expected it to be but I still wanted to keep pressing on so um yeah we just I went to college and I was still playing music throughout that whole time and then decided to make the move to Nashville in like 2018 yeah so um college in Kentucky right yes yeah I went to Georgetown College okay yeah um then how did you get to you've opened up for Winona, Dina Carter, Colin Ray, um, like you just, again, some, some iconic names, um, which is just amazing. Um, so how did that all come about? Well, it's a 
totally a full circle moment because, you know, I talked about when I was five playing that first place I ever played, Renfro Valley. Um, and it, that's been such a huge part of my career. And then I think last year, back in 20, I guess it was 2022, um, the person that owns it reached out and said, hey, we know your history with us and we see you on social media and we see you're kind of doing the thing still and we wanted to invite you back uh, to open for Winona and that was the first opening slot that I did there. So getting to go back there, just the first place that I stood on stage about this tall and a little red cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, it was really full circle and, and that whole camp was just so kind to us. And then since then, we've got to go back and do uh, – Sammy Kershaw, Aaron Tippin, um, Colin Ray, and then most recently Jody Messina. Yeah. And she's one of my all-time heroes. So it's just been, like I said, just one of those moments. You look back and it's like this has really come full circle. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and then, like I said, in the last couple of years, I, I, I just it's been such a blast just watching, watching your career just kind of take nice. off and blow up. <laughs> Uh, with your ride or dies, oh yeah, uh, which we'll get into. I want to I want to know how uh, how that all came about and just kind of organically grew. But um, but talk about you uh, your your debut album you released uh, September. Yep. Um, so how was how was that process and um, you know what what's been going on since then? Man, I was really. We really worked hard on this album. Like, we've been writing for it since the beginning of the year. And I just, like, really wanted to put my heart and soul into it. Um, I've wrote, I've written so many songs. Like, it was just so tough coming through and, like, figuring out what's going to go in it. And when it came down to it, ultimately, I just wanted it to be, you know, something that was my voice and my truth and, and songs that I really believed in. And we narrowed it down, and I'm really happy with with everything that how it turned out because it's a labor of love yeah and uh i think a lot of people are resonating with it and the album's called out of these hills out of these hills um so where did that name come from so the title actually came from lyrics from bible belt the chorus says get out of these hills get off these pills and pay them bills with all our clothes on and if you know me for more, if you've talked to me for more than ten seconds you know that i'm from eastern kentucky so <laughs> it was kind of fitting to call the album out of these hills because I come from out of the hills and like now I'm out of the hills in Nashville. So it kind of has like a double, maybe a triple meaning um, with the title of that, but it's actually just lyrics from Bible Belt. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Well, I want to dive into some songs off that album. And then you've also got some things coming out uh, uh, towards the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I want to talk about that too, but um, when you moved to Nashville and you, you just started diving into the industry, how was that for you? Like when you first came, did you start just circling yourself with other writers, other artists? Were you going out playing shows? Like how did you kind of build your camp? Well, when I first moved here uh, in 2018, I was playing Broadway full time. I didn't have any other work. That was my full time gig. I was playing like seven days a week doing doubles, doing, I did a triple one time. I will never do that oh my again. Gosh. Uh, I was dead, but yeah, I was just, um, but honestly I was married when I came here for the first time and you know, it was just kind of, we had different personalities and he was very much a home homebody and I was kind of, you know, the more outgoing one. So I stayed at home more than I should have the first year living here. And then when did that change? 
Were when you, we parted ways. Were you? Uh, no, 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 not 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 that. When did it change? Where you went from the the girl that liked to go out to like no? Now you never go out. Like you just you're a homebody. I just can't tell stares, if that's a joke or just not. Just stares. <laughs> no, y- we y'all, we've it. known each other for a long time. We've had some good times. That is not the truth whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, we uh, when me and Ben are at home, it's just we're stir crazy. Yeah, we're like, let's go do yeah. something. Let's call and see if someone's out. <laughs> yes, I love I love uh, the two of you together. Uh, yeah, I lo- both of you just individually as people is just amazing. We were talking right before the show. We just had Halloween not too long ago, and Ben sent me y'all's costume, and I, I like. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, no just, one knew who we were. No, I even showed I showed Brittany and my wife, and I was like, "Hey, look at this!" And she was like, "Wait, who is that?" And it had to look at like who sent the text messages. Like, no way. <laughs> so on this podcast, if you're watching the video portion of it, uh, we'll we'll put up a little picture of that uh, right now. But. Um, yeah, y'all just you love you love to go out, you love to have a good time and um you know, I think that's kind of how the rider dies came to fruition, is that right? Oh, 100%. Um so back during COVID was when I really started TikTok and I would go live like once or twice a week and there were so many people that I met through just going live and being having that consistent like communication and um they actually picked their own name. It was between the diehards and the rider dies. Yeah. And so they picked the rider dies and it, it honestly just all happened. Like, like you said, it was super organic. Like everyone just kind of became a little community and it's been crazy because, you know, the, one of the girls that were my moderator back in 2020 on my lives, she was in my Bible belt music video. Like her daughter was in the video. So it's just really become like a really close knit group of people. And like every time, when I go out to a show, I'll see like, oh, all these people have become friends through my shows and they all meet. They'll go to dinner before the show. You know, it's just like they have become best friends through the music, which is yeah. awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I got us sidetracked a little bit because I, <laughs> I was having fun with Broadway. But uh, so oh, you're yeah. you're down, you're playing, uh, you're playing Broadway full time um, and then go and go back into like how you kind of built your camp. Yeah, so for like the first year that I lived here, honestly, I holed up in my house. I wrote by myself. I made content. I was like, you know, I just thought that I was not a good co-writer because um, I had did some co-writes and I was just like, oh, I don't like this so much and because I'd always written by myself. But, yeah. you know, after, you know, I started getting out more and finding those people that Turns out I'm not really a bad co-writer. I was just in some bad rides, you know, and that (laughs) happens. Like not everybody jihaws with everybody and that's fine. But I started to slowly find those people that like not only were good business and like like like-minded musically, um, but they're just good people like that you would want to hang out with. And to me, that makes my job a million times easier when it's just natural. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite process of writing? Are you more lyrics or melody? Oh, I'm lyrics all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of like to get a vibe. I love writing with a track guy because they'll kind of mm-hmm. be like, okay, play this. Maybe give me a minor key in this tempo or whatever. And then I'll kind of like get the vibe and, and go from there. Um, I kind of like to write it around the music, which I'm not saying I do that every time, but I think it's just so much more cohesive when you actually start with the music and kind of match that with the lyrics. Yeah. 
So when you find that that great camp, then you then you do jihaw. Is that what you said? Jihaw. Jihaw. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that. Is that a Kentucky thing? I guess. Or a Taylor I thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard a bunch of people say yeah. it back home, but now that I'm thinking of it, that's going to be the new thing. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the new album. Let's jump into that. Um, you, uh, what, what's, what's like your favorite song on that album? I would have to say Bible Belt. Yeah. Obviously it's the title, kind of the title track, but it's just like such a personal song and just like, it's a true story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it's from like my childhood, but, yeah. um, it's just, there's something about it just kind of tells the story of Eastern Kentucky and it's not painting it in a negative light, but it just talks about like the hardships people have to go through and, you know, the people that judge you and, you know, that small town kind of thing. I, I think it's so telling of my hometown and uh, it's just one of those that really hit home with me. And I'd been trying to write that title forever and I couldn't get anyone to write it with me because they're like that'll never be on the radio and I, eventually I was like I don't care if it's gonna be on the radio or not I want to write this I want to write this hook and so eventually I got uh, Chris Utley and Nicole Grito to write it with me and mm. it's my favorite one yeah you want to play part of it sure all right let's do it Stick on a map, cold coffee cup Backseat watching mama get all dolled up Counting change, sitting at the pump Till the sun comes up, she'll be handing out love Too young to stay by myself at home Old enough to know what's going on Sleeping with somebody new Just doing what she's gotta do Now I hope that he's a nice man And one day we can Get out of these hills, get off of these pills And pay them bills with all our clothes on And one day I won't feel wrong Born into this fire, I don't want to die here I just want someone to see me No, I didn't choose my family Everybody's talking, everybody's watching The whole town's going straight to hell Everybody's talking, everybody's watching Put another notch in the Bible bill Let's go, go on <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing that this episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. I love it. You've done um, such a great song, first of all. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you've also kind of blown that up on socials. And um, I mean, it's it's just taken a life of its own in that way. Um, and you talked about TikTok and everything during COVID. But how do you feel like socials has helped you over the last even year? 
Oh, I mean, it's everything right now. You know, like when I posted that song, Jelly Roll actually commented and and he told Bunny, he was like, you got to get this girl on your podcast. So, I mean, even just since Bible Belt, I mean, having that kind of support from someone like Jelly Roll and then me going on Bunny's podcast and, and then her platform just kind of getting introduced to me as well has been crazy. I mean, just like... You know, you get into the numbers game of, oh, I only have, like, 700,000 followers. Like, you get in your head about it. Like, if you had 700,000 people in this room or, like, you you know, it's like a whole right. population. And I don't know. It's just you're able to reach so many people in so many little crevices of the world, which I just think is super special. Yeah. I think that's a good point. We've talked about it on several episodes on this podcast, but I just want to get your take on it because I hear so much of that right now with the way that the industry is. And that, you know, there could be people out there that have great talent, but they're not on socials. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not their, it's just not their thing. Um, they're not good at it. They don't know how to do it or whatever. So their, their talent, um, you know, maybe phenomenal. Um, but the industry is not looking at that as much anymore. They're looking at who's got the followers. Um, and I feel like it's kind of circling back now. Um, we're seeing some people get signed to deals that don't have that as much. But, um, yeah, what's, what's your take on that? Like, just the way that the industry is as a whole right now? I think it's important. And I think it's smart of them to want you to come in with followers. Like, for me personally, if I was a label, I guess, I would want someone that already has that built in, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, it's not the greatest, but I mean, I understand it from yeah. a business standpoint. Um, you know, you want someone who can sell tickets, someone who's like a known name, um, at least a little bit. So, I mean, I, I hate it, but I, I do understand it. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is now. Um, but like you said, I think that there are so many great, like traditional sounding country acts coming up right now that don't really give a shit about the socials which i think is awesome that's super outlaw yeah um me however i i like socials i you know a lot of people hate on it i actually enjoy doing it i like making content i like posting i comment back to everybody like everyone thinks that i don't run my own socials i run my own socials i see every comment and it's me replying back so, i love it yeah yeah i mean it is true like if you go back to the you know the days 10 years ago or, or whatever um you know they're gonna sign somebody for their talent right and then they're going to put millions of dollars behind them mm -hmm. with advertising and marketing and everything else. So, you know, yeah, if they, if they have an option to bring somebody in that's already done that work for them, yeah. then, yeah, it does suck for the guys that don't do not do it well. Yeah. Um, but uh, opens a lot of doors for the ones that do. Right. So, and I think you just got to get on board with it. Yep. You know, it's It's, it's not going it's anywhere. Here. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's been around for yeah. long enough now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just, you know, what, what's going to come out next. It's, it's going to be something. So next big thing. Yeah. So, well, what do you have, uh, coming up? Um, you've got some songs that you're about to, to put out. So let's talk about that as well as, uh, the tour coming up. You've got, I mean, you're, you're packed through the end of this year and then already all next year. Yeah. So we're, well, first of all, we're putting out an acoustic version of Out of These Hills, which I'm super excited. It's just called Out of These Hills Stripped. It's just a stripped down version of everything, just heavy on the vocal, heavy on the acoustics. And uh, 
I'm excited. I've not even started talking about that on socials yet. So y'all are getting the first. Let's first go. To know. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you heard it here first. <laughs> Listening room podcast. But we are putting that out uh, before the end of the year. We're in New York, Florida, Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, South Carolina. We're we're just everywhere um, these next uh, couple months. And even into January, even all into next year. I've already got stuff scheduled in October of next year. So wow. um, we're definitely busy. We're keeping the road hot, uh, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, and then... Yeah, I think that our next stop is, like I said, New York. So I've never, I played up there one time at our NASCAR track, which was awesome. I didn't yeah. know New York could party like that. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to getting back up there. Um, yeah, just lots, lots of road stuff. And then I'm actually, haven't talked about this either, but I'm planning to release some new music in the early part of next year. I love it. Some brand new stuff that yeah. no one's heard yet. I haven't even heard it. Nobody. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So uh, early, just sometime early next year. Probably uh, sooner than you think. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I we, we got some down. stuff in the can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the cool thing is you get to do this with your husband. Yeah. Ben plays drums for you. And so you guys get to just party and uh, travel around and play music together, have a good time. We do. We love each other. We want to kill each other every yeah, day. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, working with your significant other can get, uh, no, but it's, I couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else. I mean, we just, we have the best time. We're, we're the same person. So I may be the, the more responsible one, though. I'll say that, but yeah, I'm going to leave that alone, but <laughs> you've got too many stories on me too. So I'm just going to just keep moving on. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what do you think, um, what are you more excited about? Just the, the tour aspect of it or putting new music out or both or what? Gosh, I just love live music. Like, I just yeah. love being on stage, the crowd. I love the energy. To me, just like live performance is everything. Um, I'd yeah. rather do that than anything in the world. Yeah. I know, like, your your favorite is, like, the the diver, the better, oh. right? Like, I want a shithole. Yeah. Like, I want a hole in the wall. Nobody know. Like, we can get a $3 beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> something like that is my all-time fave. So Yeah. And I know, like, at some point, uh, just the way that the trajectory of your career has been going, um, I fully expect to see you playing for 15,000, 20,000 people in big arenas. And that's going to be a blast, too. And I will be backstage. Um, you will. But, and Brittany. Uh, and Brittany, yes. Um but I think that's what's so cool about, you know, just so many friends that I've seen come across this stage and and make it to that point um, that, you know, there's a lot of them that get to that point And then, you know, kind of like back what we were talking about earlier, that they just kind of become homebodies. They're like they're out, they're doing their tour. And then when they're home, they're home. Right. I think that's the difference with you is like you, when you get to that point, you're also going to be like, all right, well, I don't have a. I don't have a show for the next couple of weeks. What dive bar can I go to? No, exactly. That's a hundred percent us. We, if we are in the house too long, we go stir crazy. I mean, we were off together for a full day and we stayed at home all day. We didn't leave the house. Okay. Which is crazy. We spring cleaned the house the whole day. So like if we get a chance to be at home, we're not just like sitting there watching TV. Like we are really getting after it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we are not on the road, we love coming out to see our friends. We love, you know, just hopping around town. There's so much good music around here, like you said, and 
just the talent's unreal. So we love bebopping around town and seeing who we can get up with. Yeah. Um, going back into kind of stories behind the songs, I want to, I want to talk about also how you come up with the ideas. Um, are you one of those people that just is constantly listening and jotting ideas down in your phone? Um, and what's that process for you like when you go into a writer's room? Yeah. I mean, being a songwriter, you're always kind of have your ears open to whoever's around you. And if I see someone interesting or, you know, hear someone telling a crazy story, I'll kind of like listen in and see if they say anything crazy. And then sometimes I'll draw ideas. Sometimes I literally get the title of a song from something someone said. Yeah. Um, so then when we go into a write, I do have a, I think all songwriters have a notes app where it's just like ideas and song titles. And, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm feeling like this. Oh, what if we wrote this song? You know, it's just like you throw out titles with your co-writers and well, what could this be about or a hypothetical? And so I think uh, I think a lot of people do it that way, but that's how I do it, too. Yeah. We talked about your favorite song from the album. What if you opened up your entire catalog? What do you think the your favorite song that you've ever written in written is, whether it's released or not? That's a tough question. I s probably would still say Bible Belt. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's just that one really hits home for me. Yeah. I well, really that's love a, it. I mean, it's uh, a great song. Rest in Peace is obviously so fun, too, and it yeah. did super well for me. And that one's just like the most fun one to play live because everyone gets super into it. Yeah. And we close the show with it. Um, so one of those two, I'd I mean, say. there's a song that I was in your video, so I thought that maybe that would be it, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, yeah, we, we drug y'all to a videotaping of Damage Control. Uh, it was fun though. That was fun. Yeah. It was, was, it was a, a music video slash wedding reception yes. that I didn't know that we were doing. Yeah. I don't think anybody. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I, I still talk about this. I'll tell on myself that night, you know, I was going around doing shots with everybody, um, for the video. Right. And so I was just ripping them. And then like, after like the seventh one, I was like, on, I got a I got to slow down. I was like, we're not finished with this video yet. And my friend Annalisa comes up and she goes, honey, is that actual shots? And I was like, yeah. And she said, why are we not putting tea in there? Yeah. I was like, people do that? And she was like, yes, no one actually does that many shots. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So um, we switched to tea at like the eighth one. And I I hate tea so much. So I just went back to bourbon. I mean, there's Coke, there's like water, there's all kinds of things we could do, but yeah, that was a good night. We, uh, we had a blast and we, uh, we loved being a a part of that and appreciate the the invitation. Yeah. Um, well, what, what else, what, what's, uh, what's the most exciting thing other than what we've talked about that, uh, you're looking forward to? Man, I'm really excited. I just, um, agreed to go on like a, a tour. Obviously we talked about this, but. Next year, uh, the beginning of next year, with a pretty big 90s country artist. Um, I'm going to be announcing that on my socials pretty soon. So um, I'm really, really excited for that. It's 10 dates through the Midwest. I think it's North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. Not Oklahoma. Nebraska and Idaho, maybe? I'm not sure. It's yeah. somewhere up there. Um, but we're really excited for that. It's It's a great gig i feel like it'll be a good fit and i'm excited to be on the road with like 
a country legend. Yeah. I can't wait. You know already, but yeah, I do. But yeah, y'all will find out soon. <laughs> Lips are sealed. Yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we can't wait to just kind of watch all that and see what happens. Um, you've listened to a lot of these episodes. You know what I'm going to end with. Um, so if you go back to eight year old Taylor Austin Die in Kentucky playing multi instruments and everything that you've learned. Uh, what advice do you give yourself today? I always say the same thing when I get asked this question, but it is true. Um, one time I was kind of, when I first moved to town, I would call and talk to my uncle and he would kind of give me a pep talk is what we called him, like a little motivational speech. And uh, I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing or who I am. I don't know what my sound is. And he was like, Taylor, honey, you don't need to be the watered down version of anything. Do you think that people go to Walmart and buy the clean version of an Eminem CD? And that just stuck with me, like, ever since then, to, like, not be the watered-down version of yourself, which I have a song called Water Me Down, so it's really fitting. But just really don't be afraid to be who you are. You know, when I come down here, I was like, well, I, I was like, you talk funny or you got an accent. Like, you got to learn to embrace all those parts of you, you know. And so I would just say, like, don't water yourself down for anybody. I love it. <laughs> I mean, and that is from day one. One of the things that I've loved about you the most is just you are your Tad. Thank you. <laughs> that, that is 100% pure and, and honest. And it's like you, you either either love it or you don't. And right. it's like, hey. And that's all right. Yeah. Not so, going to jihaw with everybody. That's right. Jihaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for sharing your music well, and you uh, some of your stories. And um, yeah, we'll put in the link, uh, a liner notes below of how everybody can follow you and stay tuned to hear about the big tour coming up and everything going on. And then we'll we'll have you back and talk about how that went. Well, I can't wait. All right. Well, you've been listening to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Taylor Austin Die. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.